I wore shorts this time, so I wouldn't be as hot like halfway through. All right, ready. Okay, three, two, one. And welcome to episode three of Did Y'all Know? No, episode four. Ah, uh, sorry. We're already that far in. I, it's hard to tell because, like, you know, four episodes. <laughs> it's, it's like I I haven't even heard the third episode. All right, let's go. Ready? Three, two, one. And welcome to episode four of Did Y'all Know? I'm Sam. I'm Wes. And I'm Dan. And did you guys know that on November 9th, 1952, Israel's first president died? And do you know who they wanted to be the next president of Israel? Wait, I heard this recently. I, I don't remember, though. I'll tell you who it is. Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. Regarded as one of the smartest men in the world. Also Jewish. And I'm actually sure, I'm pretty sure, glad they didn't go with him, because I'm pretty sure he died like three years later. Maybe. We'll get a fact check later. But <laughs> the man behind general relativity and all that cool spacey stuff you guys know about was going to be the president of Israel, but he declined it, saying, hey, I don't know anything about politics, I don't know anything about people, all I know is about science. So, no thank you. And for that, let's go to the intro music. And uh, just to just clarify, Wes, I hate saying this, but you're right. He I was right. I died three years later. Hey, wow. thanks. Hey, thanks. So that would have been a pretty short presence. I pretty hate that. I, I hate that I know that because it's not done anything for me. <laughs> you me are a smart. very smart man. No, stop it, Dan. Stop it with all your sarcasm. That was that was my first sarcastic <laughs> comment on this uh, podcast. So welcome back to Did Y'all Know, our podcast. Uh, we, uh, we're glad to have you back. We are very appreciative for all the ratings and the listeners that we have. Um, we're going to have an Instagram soon. Uh, Did Y'all Know, we'll give you the real name here in a bit, but uh, we're going to have an Instagram, come follow us. We're going to have lots of cool stuff, maybe some fun facts every once in a while, keep, keep you guys up to date when we're going to have. And be sure to follow uh, finish the podcast because at the end I always talk about the budget and uh, I have not received any comments about our budget so far but I think we're doing pretty well. <laughs> we just want comments. That's yeah, all we, we want. We just want comments. comments. We want subscriptions. We want reviews. We want we want it all. We want to be we want to be real. We want you guys to we don't like want, us. We don't want to play pretend. I, I want to be liked. I want to be liked. I'm not liked by many people. Well no. anyway today we have something special coming from Wesley and uh, I'm looking forward to it, Dan. Are you looking forward to it? I can't wait to hear what he has to share to us today. All right. Well, let's do it, huh? All right. Well, first things first. Uh, phones vibrate at oh, least. Um, uh, is that Dan? directed towards me? Uh, Dan, Sam, I heard your phone blowing up oh, earlier. No, it's, it's quite on vibrate. We good? Okay. All right. Well, um, if anybody knows me, I'm a little bit of a history buff. Uh, I like telling stories and mm -hmm. things like that. So... Uh, I doubt that y'all know this guy. Um, if you do, well, congrats on you. But um, I want to talk about a man named Charles Lightoller. I've L never heard of this guy before. Lightoller. Lightoller. I wonder where that... L-I-G-H-T-O-L-L-E-R. Is, like, is that like English? Maybe he Scottish? Is. He's a Brit. Oh, okay. He's a Brit. Cool. I bet he worked in a lighthouse. Um, well, close. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into all that. But um, if you know me, like I said, I, I like doing storytelling. So I'm going to kind of kind of start towards the end. Okay. How yeah, about you, that? You're doing the, the whole... Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino sort yeah, of thing right I now. Like, I like doing that. Okay. You know? All so, right. you know, whatever. It's my podcast and do whatever I want. Um, it's, uh, it's our podcast. It's our fine. podcast. <laughs> well, this episode is mine. Um, so here's where we're starting. 1940, Dunkirk. Oh, I've heard of that name before. You've heard of that before. I know Dunkirk. Oh, yeah, I, know, uh, I know Sam knows what Dunkirk is. If you don't know what Dunkirk is, uh, or you haven't um, seen the uh, Christopher Nolan movie, Dunkirk is an event that in an event that happened in World War II. And what Dunkirk is, what it's actually known as is the evacuation of Dunkirk, the Dunkirk evacuation. Mm -hmm. uh, officially Operation Dynamo, uh, the miracle at Dunkirk. And that's, what that is That's a is, cool name. Dynamo. Yeah, Dynamo. Uh, what that is is uh, so what happened is at this time, like I said, this is in 1940, uh, specifically in May, uh, 
this is before the U.S. got into uh, the Eastern or the European theater. Um, what was going on at this time was the Battle of France. Okay, and this okay. is when it was first going down and everything. And this the, is uh, World War One or World War Two? World War Two. World War Two. Okay. World War Two. Okay, okay. And um, so. What's going on is we have the Battle of France. It's been going on for six weeks. And guess what? The Allied forces at the time, mainly um, France, England, and Belgium, they're not doing good. Okay? Mm-mm. And eventually what you hear is the French occupation of, uh, or the uh, Nazi occupation of France, which basically means Germany got France. Okay? Oh, no. Right. So um, what this was was a retreat by the Allied forces at the time. The Allied forces at the time, again, pre-U.S. Um what they did it was uh, basically 338, give or take, obviously, thousand soldiers went to the harbor of Dunkirk, and that's in the north of France. Okay. They are on the retreat. The Germans are coming at them. Uh-huh. And you have, obviously, hundreds of thousands of troops at this harbor in north France. And their plan is to cross the English Channel to England. And to be it, safe. To be safe. Okay, it's, yeah, this is a retreat. It they're... was at first a ground retreat, then it was going to be a sea retreat. Okay. Well, where the, are they getting the boats from? <clears throat> that's the big thing. Okay. Is they, they were like, okay, we're going to get to England. We got to get to the harbor, and then we got to get to England. Crap, how do we cross the channel? So they they, they had boats there at the very beginning. The, the entire operation went from May 26th, 1940, to June 4th. 1940. So it took a while. Oh right? yeah. So one of the things that they did was instead of, you know, taking all these, um, military ships that they would have had to call in from far, far away and waste precious time is on the, uh, in England, they sent out a call to civilian ships saying, if you can cross the English channel, get as many soldiers as you can, bring them back to England. So, one of the people that heard that call, Lighthouser, was Light Lightholder, Lighthouse, Light Light. <laughs> we'll call we'll call we'll call him Charles Chuck. How about we call Chuck. him Chuck? Chuck, call him Chuck. Chuck. Good old um, Chuck. I bet I bet some people call him Chuck. Um, at this time, he was in Ramsgate, uh, England. Okay, it's a it's another like harbor city, you know, and everything like that. And uh, he at the time is sixty six years old. He's retired. <clears throat> he has a motor yacht. Called mm. the Sundowner. It's fifty-eight feet long. Man. Okay. I think I know where this is going, and, and I'm ready for it. Okay. I'm ready for well, it too. I don't, know, I don't know if you do, but um, <laughs> so he gets this. They call it an admiralty, like admiral admiralty call. Okay. And basically, he gets this call, and they say, "Hey, sell your ship right over over to here, where all these naval officers are. They're going to come into your ship, take your ship, or your boat, whatever, and take it across the channel, and um." get the troops well he said okay that's well and good but you're not going to do it i'm going to do it i'm going to take my son and a guy we have working on the ship and so that was in the movie right i think i remember that was in the movie and the actually movie. the person if you've seen dunkirk uh-huh the um the civilian that they focus on uh sailing the ship is based off of charles lightoller awesome oh, wow okay yeah. cool so that's where they got the inspiration for that character Okay. So so the this admirality you're saying. I think that's how you say it. Admir, admi, is, admirality. Yeah. Is this a is this is that like a is that a, a government sort of ordinance thing? And think, if so, is that a present in the United States as well at this I, time? I would, or? I would think it's like think of it as like the um I would think think of it as like what was going on in the pandemic, the defense the defense uh operation or um, uh, factory act where basically the government came over and said, Hey, you make couches. Guess what? Now you make masks. Oh you know? yeah. 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 So I think kind of along those lines okay. that we're going to commandeer your ships and we're going to take your ships in and um, use those for evacuation. So it's present in the direst of times. Yes. yes. Okay. But Charles Lytoller, he says, no, you're not going to do that. I'm going to take my own ship and I'm going to go over there and kick some butt myself, man. And they said, okay, fine. Just go do it. So, 12 hours later, they are in Dunkirk. So, you know, it's a it's a bit of a haul. 12 Consid- hours, huh? Just across the English Channel. Yeah, I'm, considering that... Uh, it depends his, on the boat. The, but. Yeah, the, the top speed of his boat was 
12 miles an hour. Oh, okay. So do a little bit of do a little bit of math. Quick math and everything. So he he gets over there and uh there's a, a ship that's stranded, a, a naval ship that's stranded and everything and they're um picking up guys from there, other uh ships that have been damaged, you know, smaller boats and everything like that. And um uh real quick, one reason that this that Dunkirk was so successful, they think is that Hitler um, he made a lot of military strategic errors mm. in World War II, and they think this is one of them because instead of taking the entire German army to go wipe out all these people that are stranded, he used the Luftwaffe instead, mm-hmm. uh, which was basically part of the Air Force, mm-hmm. and there weren't that many of them, and so they would go in and bomb the soldiers as they're on the beach, but there wasn't that many planes and um since they didn't send the entire army in there to like squash them a french brigade was able to hold them off you know and everything and buy precious time yep they said if he were to just sent the army in there the outlook would have been way different hmm. okay so he gets over there the ship that had never there this boat i call it a ship i guess you call it a ship uh, it had never had more than 21 people on it. They crammed 130 soldiers onto it. On that yacht? On that, that motorboat. That the, motorboat. The, the Sundowner. The, the Sundowner. Sundowner. The Sundowner. And, um, you know, like I said, there's there's um, German planes bombing and everything like that. And, wow. And um, he's having to evade bombs and stuff. I mean, this is a man of his country. Yeah. He he, he didn't have any reason to go do anything, but he, he did. And um, one, one pretty... Uh, pretty interesting thing they had these planes called stukas stuka dive bombers okay and what they would do is they would have single big bombs and then four medium-sized bombs on them and this is before we had like missiles and stuff like that the technology wasn't there for it. what they would do is their dive bombers they would get to pretty high altitude find a target and just go straight down dive uh-huh. bombs find the target release the bomb so that it was more accurate and then pull up okay so what he would do is he'd get his son on the helm the steering wheel the he'd, helm he'd go out to the bow of the boat and he would keep watch for him whenever he would see one on the dive he would wait until they release the bomb and tell him hard to port, hard to stern. Oh, so that's what he would. That's how they evaded all the bombs. So they're, if he thought it was literally going, dodging bombs. Yeah. So he thought if it was going, you know, basically more left, he would say hard, hard starboard. If it was going more right, he'd say hard to port. And that's how he and he would have to wait until they released the bombs. That would be very intimidating. Just like seeing an airplane coming in from the sky, and you, you like, you can't like say left or right or stern and port until you actually see that bomb drop from yeah. the sky. This is so far with the story. This is the kind of guy that, that would be elected to have balls of steel. Yeah. He's going over there. He's got, he's got, you know, 130 soldiers on this, on this boat and these big old balls. Okay. Man. And there's not much room for all of them. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that that's that's kind of one of the things you got to think about is that how early on in the in the war, it was it was not going good. They were calling for. I mean, you know, he's got a big boat, but other other people they were going over there with with almost just fishing boats, small fishing boats that yeah. we see like out on the lake right now. Mm-hmm. Everything you know, they could only carry like six, but it was but that just kind of goes to show greatest generation is they were like yeah yeah we're going over there we're going into the war we were just over here fishing we're going to go over here in the war and pick up soldiers you know yeah so so yeah he evades all these these bombs you know and everything like that and he got all 130 back over to uh ramsgate wow and actually his boat the sundowner is now in a maritime museum in ramsgate Oh really? Yeah, it's it's, it's in a museum. Uh, it's a uh, or it, it, it is it, a museum. It, it is it is in a museum. Okay. Yes. Um. So that was him in Dunkirk, and so you're kind of like, oh, that was a cool story, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Cool pretty, story. Pretty cool. But, yeah. But he did. I have a feeling that's not it. He yeah, did a see, very honorable thing. See, Sam, Sam knows me, and he knows <laughs> that there's you know a little bit more. But wait, there's more. There's a little <laughs> bit more to the story, but in reality, Dunkirk is actually the little bit more. Uh-huh. So. Let's rewind back. Okay. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Thank you. Um, so we're going back. He was born March 30th, 1874. Charles Lightoller. Chuck. Um, he was basically raised by his extended family. Wolves. 
<laughs> yeah, that that that's the main thing. This guy was raised by wolves. Um, no, the, I mean this is you know we think we think you know that the late 1800s was it, it wasn't that far away, but life was completely different. Oh, his yeah. mother died at, at a childbirth. His dad died when he was 10. He was raised by extended family, and this just kind of goes to show the times of everybody. Uh, at the age of 13, instead of going and working in the factory, 13, you know, 13-year-olds now, they're right. just going to school. Right, school. For making child. making TikToks yeah. and everything. The only thing they're Content worried about creators. is if they're serving Crispitos yeah. from the exact, lunch line that Exactly. Day, he's, he, he's like, I don't want to go work in the factory. So what he does is he takes a uh, four-year seafaring apprenticeship, basically living on a ship for four years so that he doesn't have to go work in the factory. So now he's sailing all over the world at 13. It's like amazing. Kids have it so easy these days. <laughs> so, <you know>? so <laughs> easy. He, he says, I don't want to work in the factory, so I'm going to go out. Sail the world. Sail the world. Ex- and, yeah. and, you know, we think like, oh, wow, that's, that's interesting. What a, what a great life. It's still not good. Um, <laughs> you know, early on he got stranded in Rio de Janeiro and because of, uh, they had some some things that need to be fixed, and there's a smallpox outbreak going on. No, oh, great. Uh, I was gonna say it can't be that bad being in Rio. Yeah, huh? At least yeah. it wasn't a I large mean, pox outbreak. Not Rio, like we know now. Well, everywhere wasn't like every every. Like, I say this all the time. Everywhere was awful, no matter who you were. <laughs> um, then you know, a few years later, he gets uh, shipwrecked on a four and a half square mile island in the Indian Ocean. They get shipwrecked, hmm. and luckily. Since I guess there was just people sailing all the time. Eight days later, another ship came by and saw him and rescued him. Can you believe that? Wow. I mean, you're on an island in the middle of the ocean. So lucky. Basically, you just basically two to by have, two. Two by two. You happen to have somebody come by and be like, oh, there's people, there's people there. All right, well, yeah. let's go pick them up, you know? Reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like, where's the rum? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another one. This is where he actually started kind of making a name for himself. He was on a cargo ship that was full of coal, and uh, it caught fire. You know, and um, he put the oh. fire. He put the fire out, and uh, he received the uh, rank of second mate. And um, at the uh, the the old old age of twenty one, he said, "I'm done with all this these sail ships, sailboats. I'm going to uh, I'm going to get on these these steam engines." You know? mm-hmm. So he gets doing that. Um, he. Uh, he he uh, starts working for um, a mail service, and that's that's another thing that I got from all this stuff is that there's so many companies that just sail that have ships because that's how you got around, that's how you transported everything. There's right. no planes, you know. They, there's all kinds of merchant and sailing and maritime and everything like and that. And pirates. And um, so he he got on the <laughs> yeah pirates. It's another thing. I was going to sing the like Caribbean song, the Pirates of the Caribbean song. But <laughs> don't, forgot, don't even get me started with Pilot. What it was. What, don't, what? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Great I'm movie. Sure Great movie. Oh, we can't we can't play it because no, you know. but we can sing it. I just right. I it completely. Have words. It goes Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> okay, go ahead. He um so he starts working for this mail service. Oh, and he almost died of malaria. Um, so then he says, you know what. <clears throat> I'm kind of I'm kind of done with the sailing stuff for a little bit. So he goes he goes. There's a, a gold rush going on in the Klondike. He says I'm going to be mm-hmm. a gold prospector. And guess what? He didn't do very good. Oh no. So like a lot of people, he kind of got there a little late. Gold was gone. People have already made their names. Hey, cool thing about the gold rush. Um, that's whenever I'm pretty sure like the brand Levi's was made because someone was like, I'm going to go sell pants to all these gold rushers. I think and, I heard that. and that's how like blue jeans exploded. That's a blue did jeans. y'all know right there. That's a that DYK. Is. We wow. might have to look that up. If it's but correct. it sounds good. That sounds pretty sounds cool. Sounds good. We might need a little fact check on that. But he, uh, so gold in the Klondike doesn't do very good for him. So he became a cowboy in Alberta. All right. Okay. Cowboy in Alberta. Cool. Cowboy and then in Alberta. He said, then he said, I don't, like being a cowboy anymore so he hopped on a railroad uh a, a rail train hoboed for a little bit to get back to the east coast of canada mm-hmm. so that he could go home he said okay. screw this i'm going back to england okay. all right he eventually made it back and uh he did not have any money mm-hmm. so how does he know how to make money 
sailing. Yeah. Gets back into the ships, okay? You know, he gets uh, he gets married. He starts working for um, a couple more companies, you know, and everything. Starts rising up the ranks and, and stuff. He works for um, a couple of liner stri- ships. And um, so we'll skip ahead a little bit further to the highlight of his career. Here we go. Right here. Chuck. Here Chuck's, about to, Chuck's about to make it big. Chuck's about to make it big. Good old lighthouse. <laughs> highlight is hit of his career so far. Probably the highlight of his career is when he became second in command behind Captain Edward J. Smith. Oh, no. At the time, on what was at the time, the, the Titanic. world's largest. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Wow. Are you serious? He became second in command of the Titanic. Second in command. So he's he's on the boat, obviously. He's yeah. on the and boat. And I'm not going to push too far into your story, but... I mean... Well, okay, he, for, we're, real we're, quick. We're not, not to give you... Not to do any spoiler <laughs> yeah. alerts... But the Titanic sinks. Okay. <laughs> so what? let me so let me ask you real quick before you before you continue. Go ahead. Is his is his person uh, depicted in the film? Um, a, I want to yes, say no. Yes and no. But um, some things that he did was um, depicted. Okay. And I'll get into that. Okay. Cool. Um. So where am I at? I'm on my notes. Uh. So yes, he is second in command on the um, on the Titanic. And like I said, spoiler, the ship sinks. Mm-hmm. But we'll go into that right now. So the night of April 15th, or April 14th, I'm sorry, he was actually on the uh, the, uh, the captain's bridge and uh, keeping watching on everything. Like he goes down to his quarters and everything like that. He's getting ready for bed, gets in bed, and um, he hears like a rumble, right? Mm-hmm. Spoiler, it's an iceberg. But <laughs> the ship is so big, you know, people don't know, really know what's going on and everything right, like that. Right. So he goes up, he goes up to investigate, doesn't know what's going on. He knows something happened. So, and this is just like quick thinking and just kind of knowing what to do. He said, instead of like wandering around, trying to figure out where everything is, I'm just going to go back to my cabin because if it is something serious, they'll know where to find me. So he goes back, kind of just sits there, lays in bed. Sure enough, obviously someone comes and gets him. Puts on all his clothes, goes outside, and now we're in we're in the thick of things. Mm-hmm. The, ship, the ship is sinking. Everybody knows it. Holy so, ship! <laughs> got him. Got him, so, Dan. Got it. After after looking at this and everything, so one of the big things that came out of the Titanic, right, was the the lifeboats. You know that there there wasn't enough life lifeboats for the amount of people that were on the ship, right? Correct. And, women, and, women and children first, right? right? And I'll get into that as well. Um, and another thing was, was um, you know, they say, oh, there was a ship that only, uh, a lifeboat that only had 12 people in it and everything mm-hmm. like that. So going to the women and children thing, they got the orders for women and children first, right? Mm-hmm. So it actually got misinterpreted to from women and children first. To Charles first. <laughs> to Charles first. <laughs> to um, women and children only. Oh no! Okay. Really? So that's one of the things is that so so he was actually in charge of lowering the boats on the port side, which is the left side of the boat. Okay. Okay. And everybody's sitting there. They're grabbing the women and children, putting them on, you know, and everything like that. So it it'll get to a point to where all the women and children, uh, more are coming, but there's no more to get on the boats. So they just went ahead and lowered the boats while there's a lot of men. So there may not be a lot of people in the boat. But the plan was was to get more people onto them after they landed in the water. Okay. Okay. So the very very cold water. The very very cold water. Another thing is. So uh, quick question. Quick question. Go real ahead. Quick. Go ahead. So go ahead. when we're talking about the Titanic, how did you know? And I, I don't know if you'll know or not, but you know I I, I know the whole women and children thing. You know, obviously that was a big portion of, of the film and Correct. what happened in real life. Well, that's just how how it happens all the time. Well, yeah. Okay. Well. I mean that's something that I, yeah 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 absolutely that was not that was not standard for the Titanic and another thing let's talk let's go back to the the big the um, big selling point of the Titanic was that it's unsinkable right like right it, it's not it's unsinkable how many ships had to sink before that was the big selling point like nobody goes on a carnival cruise now and like they have a big sign up that says 
you know, unsinkable. Well, you know? I don't it know had if, to have happened quite a bit. I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm just going to go off and say that that maybe it was a advancement technology when it comes to what the hole was made of. Maybe some sort of composite but that, but that's, steel that's, that's or something. That's what I'm saying is that that was such a big concern that these ships would sink. No ship sinks now. You know, right, that, right. That I see what you're saying. They had to. They had to sell you that. Don't worry. This one's not gonna sink. Like right. it's impossible. Don't which worry. It's the most famous thing. How ever. ironic. The I. Oh, I was gonna say that. Oh, how ironic. So, <laughs> how ironic. so I guess what I was trying to say is that how did they? How did they project to all the passengers? Hey, by the way, we're taking women and children only. I mean, I'll I, also get into that. Okay, great. Um, here's another uh, concern that they had. So, there's these things called the davits, right? And it's basically the arms that hold the the uh, lifeboats over the side and it's like the little almost like a crane arm Mm -hmm. and in the past those were very unreliable they were weak right Mm -hmm. so the the crewmen were like we cannot overload the boats with people they can hold the boats empty but they may not be able to hold the full capacity some could hold some could hold like 40 and some you think they would work that like a flaw right you think they would work that out right before by going abroad did they have osha back then or something and here we go y'all are jumping ahead sorry they actually did work that out ahead the davits that were on the titanic could hold a fully loaded lifeboat but the crew, for whatever reason, they didn't know, it. They didn't know that. With the experience they've had in the past. I feel yes. like, yeah. On other sinking they, boats, apparently. They did not Very know that these, that these davits were you know, reinforced and, and everything like that. So, again, they would put them kind of halfway, have women and children you know, in there and everything, lower them. The plan was for the people to get in the boats later on. But... Uh, and, and then they also did a thing where um, they would lower it down, and there was a point to where the ship was sinking to where the uh, like the doors that were on the hull mm-hmm. were like right at the water line. So he told crew members to go and get those doors open so that the the boat would get down there, and they would start evacuating people on from those doors instead of okay. from okay. the deck. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, those guys never made it down there. We're assuming that they drowned. Okay. So, and then going back to, um, how did you keep people off of it? Like men, Mm -hmm. um, he did see a boat that had 25 crew members and men only all men Mm -hmm. on the boat being lowered down. And he ran up there, pulled out his gun, told them all to get off or he'd shoot every single one of them. That was, that was him. Wow. But he did not have 25 bullets though. So I would have taken my chances. In reality, (laughs) he had no bullets. Ah, it was a big bluff that they believed. So were all the women and children saved at that point? Or like they were, those guys were just kind of saving themselves. They they were just kind of saving themselves. It got to a point where, you know, it's, it's time to start saving. I I would not have been on that boat then. I'm a very honorable man. I make sure that all women and children are off the boats. Absolutely. Dan. Yes. The sarcasm. (laughs) That's that's something that's not good to be sarcastic. I believe you, Dan. Thank you. I think we're all honorable men here. Absolutely. We would all have been dead. So, um, (laughs) So, uh, again, the big deal with the, the Titanic was the, the lifeboats, and they only had, like, enough lifeboats for half. Um, they had 20 total lifeboats. Only 18 were used, and they had four collapsible boats, which was basically like um, you, you put them together real quick, and then it was like a canvas hull, okay? So, ship's going down. He's done basically all he can, and, uh, and he dives into the water, right? Mm-hmm. And it's still on its way down. He sees the crow's nest. Water's real cold, you know, and he's like, screw it. I'm going back to the crow's nest. Can't I, I got to get out of this water for as long as possible. So I start swimming back to the boat. And then he remembers, just as Leo told us in Titanic, that you can't be close to the boat or else it will pull you under. Yeah. Right. So he turns around and starts swimming. Well, that's exactly what started happening. He thought that his head. He's like, man, Leo, DiCar- you know, Leo DiCaprio said... <laughs> Said that you don't, don't get close to this boat, and I'm sure he's been in a couple of shipwrecks and uh, sinking ships himself, so Probably. he may have experience with it. As, as what you say is that you know that was a much more common thing back then, yeah. apparently. So, so, um, so he starts he starts swimming away, and it wasn't necessarily the boat sinking that pulled him under; it was water rushing through a um, ventilation vent mm. that that pulled him under. He got right. he got stuck on the vent. 
Okay. And ship's going down. And from his account, what experts believed happened was there was an explosion in the boiler room. Mm-hmm. And that, it's a ventilation vent. And that sent hot air and the force of the explosion blew him off. And that's how he got to the surface. No wow. way. Well, then it started happening again. Oh, no. He got pulled under again. And he said he was fighting, swimming, and swimming, and swimming. And he doesn't know what happened, but somehow he got out. Wow. So um, one of those collapsible boats that I was talking about was up on its on its side. And uh, he saw that, went over there, swam, got into it. Um, he actually, uh, so he's safe now, for now. Overnight, there was a, uh, you know, big swells coming. And he was basically coordinating with the lifeboats on how to take the swells and everything like that. And... Um, yeah, so the uh, after that, it wasn't too long that the um, RMS Carpathia mm-hmm. came and saved everybody. And just like now, as we all know, the captain went down with the ship. He's in charge. So he does the captain thing. He is the last person to step off the lifeboats on the Carpathian. Beautiful. Wow. Boom. Amazing guy. Beautiful. Charles Lightoller. There we go. Charles Lightoller. Spike that spiral right Survived there. Survived Titanic. <laughs> There it is. And a, he survived two shipwrecks. Oh, I'm sure he survived many more. He actually does have a memoir out that would be pretty interesting to Man, uh, to read. That is that is that is awesome. Dunkirk and Titanic. Can when you did he that? Uh, when did he end up dying? Uh, fifty two. Correct. Fifty two. Yes. <laughs> Wait, maybe. maybe. Nope. Uh, yep. Fifty two. Fifty two. Yeah. Wow. Well, that we was go. fascinating. Charles Charles, Charles Lighthouse. what what a brave man with let's just say it together balls of steel um so why don't we take a little break uh thanks for tuning in for that and we'll catch you on the uh, second half what do you guys think cool and welcome back hope you enjoyed the break just like we did hey i i really enjoyed that uh quick little segment about charles light holer Holler? Light. 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 O-L-L-E-R. Light. Light. If you'd like to go do some research of your own, feel free. Maybe you'll figure out something else. Yeah, what a cool guy, huh? I'm pretty sure he has a memoir, but I think it focused on the Titanic. Okay. Well, that's fine because that was Maybe it had some early early things in it. I don't know. I didn't read it. I'd like to read it. I like reading. Yep. Why not? You Why know, not, you know? <laughs> sure. You know, I started uh, started downloading books on my phone. Again. Oh yeah, yeah. So that I'm not just like aimlessly scrolling through Reddit. You know, it, yeah. it makes you things. wonder, like, how many other cool people are out there that we don't know of. So, viewers, listeners, people that are uh, tuning in, if you know of someone that is absolutely insane and just whatever happened in their lives, like, let us know. We'd love to do some research about it. Or just, if you're cool yourself and live in the area. Maybe you can come on the podcast. That's the oh, DFW right. area, um, we've Dallas, talked, Fort Worth. We've talked about uh, we're going to have a segment uh, pretty soon here called Slice of Life, where we talk to interesting people, not so interesting people, but we're going to make it interesting. And uh, if you're an interesting per- person, you know, contact us on didyallknow.com. Uh, email us at learn something at didyallknow.com. Or slide into our DMs. That's we're gonna it, because we're going to have an Instagram. Yeah. And we, we'll we'll probably you... already have the Instagram up. Yeah. The did we, did we have a name on that? We we do. I think it is uh, DYK underscore podcast. As DYK underscore podcast, and we will we'll, we'll make sure we uh, remind you guys at the end of the podcast. Too, it will so. also the link will also be on the website. And we Boom. got some we got some uh, slice of life as you call it or as we're calling it. We got some already lined up. Oh, we've got we've got a couple that are going to be incredibly interesting that you guys are going to really Ho- really hope, enjoy. Hopefully, oh. Hopefully it's going to be good. Uh, Dan. So, Hey, we heard you went on, uh, you went on the bachelor party with one of our buddies. Unfortunately, Wes and I couldn't be there, but, uh, work, work you know, how yep. Yep. Um, our, our good buddy Marcus is getting married, uh, October 30th. Congratulations to him and his beautiful fiance, Monica. And you went mm-hmm. to, uh, mm-hmm. Arkansas. Was that it? That's right. Yeah. We went to Lakeview, Arkansas. Take and- it over, Dan. Oh, wait, you're... you're yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, it was really cool because this is probably the one time that I will be a best man of a wedding. So I, I had to do it right, especially, you know... I do it right. He's, he's marrying my cousin, so I, I had to just, you That's know... That's right. That was a big thing we didn't... It's <laughs> a big thing, I you know. I preface with. 
literally this guy's been my best friend since kindergarten. And so growing up, you know, we always thought that, you know, one of us is going to live happily ever after. And, uh, it turns out it's going to be me cause he's marrying my cousin. No I'm kidding. <laughs> totally. Monica, if you're listening to this, I love you. Appreciate you all the time. Quick um, listeners. How many people do you even still talk to that you went to kindergarten with? Uh, mine for sure is zero. Mine is 100% zero. Mine is currently zero. Yeah. There's yeah. a few that I would I mean, like to be in touch mm-hmm. with, but, but he, he went to kindergarten with him and he's going to be his best man. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. They, long, don't, long they don't even coming. like each other. No, we, we met. Oh, <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, quick, uh, did y'all know it's DYK for short. Okay. Do you know what kindergarten means and what language it stems from? I no. do. I do. I Go don't. Ahead. It's uh German and it means, oh, kid. uh, uh, children's children. garden, right? Yeah, garden of yeah. children. Garden of children. Yeah, kinder. Boom. There you go. Kinder. Wow. Kinder. Kindergarten. Kindergarten. Stems from German. Very anyway. Cool. Anyway. Right so yeah. So for the bachelor party, uh, we we try to do it a little bit big, but also make it a little bit uh, memorable. Memorable because Mem- all throughout college, yeah, memorable. Memorable. All throughout college, uh, we always went to this one resort. It was called Gaston's Fishing Resort. And you know what's really cool about this is we didn't have a lot of money in college, right? We're mm-hmm. poor college students, you know, just eating ramen all day and night, occasional uh, mac and cheese if we're <laughs> splurging. Um, but anyways, so we'd always get together and go to, you know, one of the cheap cabins that they had there where there's like, it's a cabin for four and we're stuffing eight guys in there Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's cost like maybe 10, $15 a night for each one of us. Oh, So it was, it was doable. Right. Yeah. And what we always saw is these planes taking off and landing at this grass airstrip that the Gaston's fishing resort actually had like right there. So we always thought like, man, one day, like we want to just fly into Gaston's and not only that, but we also saw like a really beautiful cabin at the end. And we're just like, one day we want to be in that cabin too. Like that's, that's the dream, right? Mm-hmm. As a college student, you're just like, I don't even know how much that costs. I don't, I don't want to know how much that costs. Um, but we're going to do it one day. Mm-hmm. And so with Marcus getting married, we decided to go back to Gaston's and make a trip out of it and make it big. So we got big, big, <laughs> big. So we found the, found the largest cabin held about 20 people, 20 souls and, uh, <laughs> 20, 20, 20 souls. 20 souls and we actually ended up getting 16 guys to all like come together and go to this, go to this cabin. That's great. Which, God, fantastic. I don't, I don't even, I don't, there's not even 16 people that I want to talk to. <laughs> Let alone come my back. I don't even have one person. I want <laughs> that hurts. No. <laughs> okay, at least two right yeah. here, I guess. So, anyways, to do it a little bit bigger, we decided, hey, I'm like as my gift to Marcus for putting up with me for all these years. I'm going to fly all him your in. sarcasm. On all my sarcasm, <laughs> yes, Wes. All my sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> So I decided to get in touch with the pilot. Um, his name was Rick and he and I, we talked and eventually got to the point where it's like, yeah, he wants to do this trip for us. So, uh, on Friday, how did you come into contact with Rick? Uh, it was actually through a mutual friend. So my, my mutual friend, one of the guys that went on the trip, his dad is an airline pilot. So he put me in touch with his buddy who owns a small little plane. Oh, okay. So we, we got into this, uh, this, I think like 1995, uh, like Cherokee four seater airplane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we got in it at this, uh, one spot near flyer Mound, just a tiny little airport. Never even seen it in my life. No municipal and, airports. Yeah, or thing. yeah, okay. exactly. And, uh, we, we just took off from the Dallas Fort Worth area Mm -hmm. and two and a half later, two and a half hours later, we were in Arkansas landing on that grass. Not bad. Yeah. Especially whenever you think it's a, it's an eight hour drive. We were there in two and a half hours. Did you, uh, did you get airsick? I did not. So I, I was preparing for getting airsick because I've never been in a tiny little airplane like that before, but, uh, no, it wasn't bad at all. And it makes me like really think like, man, like if I could, you know, do something as to where I could share this experience and hopefully other people like start going to Gaston's or like finding pilots of their own. I don't know how hard it is to come by a pilot. I got a pilot now. Well, I you have know. a pilot, yeah, but got a pilot. No I got a pilot. <laughs> um, but it was, it was just amazing. Real, like, real quick. I've, I've flown in one of those planes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the plane you were in, like the wing is under the body. Mm-hmm. The one I was in was um, like a Cessna, so the planes were above the wings. Yeah, wings were above. Mm-hmm. I think I was in like sixth grade. Really? Yeah. And I got like the sickest I've ever been. Really? <laughs> I've I've heard of people getting pretty sick on because yeah, didn't take any Dramamine. Huh? Uh, no, I did. Yeah, Damn. but it, but it's so different from like a big commercial airliner because any pocket of hot air that you come across you're you're moving oh yeah oh yeah like you're like you're you're fall it feels like you're falling and you're rattling and there's the turbulence is just like constant and and it's it it, it was spewed it's the smallest the smaller the plane you're in the the harder the turbulence is on you sure so yeah you you get in a just big like, old just set. like boats. Yeah, if you small get small boat, big boat. Yeah, if you get in a big old seven seven seven, okay, that you know, okay, that's Boeing. <laughs> yeah. You know, seven seven seven. I mean, it, it's you're not going to have terrible turbulence, right? But if you get in a small craft like that, it's going to be pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. it was. I, I I filled up like three bags. Yikes. With, yeah, like oh, it, oh, it, it wow. was. Yeah. It like was you really spewed. Oh, your I, yeah, I spewed. My and then God. like the the worst thing was the worst thing about it is is like. You know, it's not like being car sick. You can't just like pull over, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Yeah. But then you get to where you're going. You can't just pull over to the nearest quick trip or anything or 7-Eleven. You get to where you're going and the whole reason we were up in the plane was just to be up in the plane. Mm-hmm. So we didn't like go and circle around and then like come back. We went and flew somewhere and then like had lunch and then came back. And so then I just had to get in it again. Oh my! God. <laughs> <laughs> like that day, I was still. Oh, it was, it was supposed to be all cool and stuff. But that sounds was, miserable. It was. I think I was in sixth grade. I still remember that. Well, no Man. one got sick on this trip. Luckily, mm-hmm. um, pastimes uh, back in college, we got a little sick, but not by right. an airplane. Um, regardless, uh, <laughs> by we, sweet sweet alcohol. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so. <laughs> After that, you know, we, of course, we went up in the air. Um, at one point, it was actually kind of scary because we we're in the mountains of Arkansas. And as we we're flying, the clouds started getting a little bit lower. And Rick, like, turned to us. He's like, guys, I, I probably should not go into the clouds whenever we're in the mountains itself because if, if that happens, like, we might crash. Yeah. So he had to go on the radio and, like, talk to some guy. And eventually, then he just whipped a 180. He did a 180 in the plane. In less than 10 seconds, we were going the other way. And he essentially went around the mountains. So it's so awesome just being able to quickly maneuver like that and just get out of danger. But you always have to be, like, ready for just about anything. And you're what Rick was telling us is, like, you're really making it up as you go. As a pilot... You are just making it up you're, as you go. You're not, figuring it out. Not as like a commercial pilot, but because for the most part, all of that is very, very automated strategic. and like strategic and like in the pristine condition perfection. But um, for whenever you're just on a quick little jumper plane like that, mm. man, like it is literally making it up as you go. This is why, you know, getting like a pilot's license is a whole big thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got, I mean, we got hours and hours of school and you know it's 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 not easy to get your pilot license it's not just it's not just flying it's like navigation yeah exactly oh yeah oh yeah. yeah and also i mean you're talking about like and radios you know faa rules and all kinds of stuff you know what i mean so it's like it's, you know it's like mechanics in order yeah. to get your drone license i thought it was going to be like drone in, license drone, like in order to to fly a drone uh commercially like if you want to how do you get paid well, Get paid to fly a drone for someone. Okay, so you can buy you. Uh, you have a drone, right? I do have a drone. Okay, so but you can fly without a license, right? Yeah, and you end up crashing it into the White River at your bachelor party. It's oh, here we go. Yeah, so go ahead. that that was one thing that definitely did happen. Um, we were gonna get our group picture, and I decided, hey, why not use the drone? <laughs> Got like an a bird's idea. eye view. And anyway, so I, I take the drone up, and the drone, for whatever reason, would not let me fly above like a certain distance, uh, certain height. But I had plenty of room above me, and it wasn't anything like I was at the max altitude of like 400 feet that you could fly a drone. It was still within tree line. So what I did is I took it out to the river itself, where it's a lot more clear, uh, and I was going to take it up and then bring it bring it back above the tree so then I could get my angle right. I'm a photographer. I know, I know how to do this. I know about angles and yeah. trees, but it was a windy day. It was a windy day. So, uh, I, I take it out to the river 
and the wind catches it and it flies itself into some branches and there's 16 of us there right you would think one of the guys the one not flying it would immediately like rush down and like try to like help the situation but no, no one all of them were just like looking and just seeing this happen and then it's a train wreck you just gotta sit and watch I, and i look at them and I'm like move like, <laughs> i get that, like just me. just picture that is that there's 16 guys one of them is controlling the drone they're all watching the drone the drone flies into a tree, goes into the water, and then Dan looks at everybody and goes, "What the hell, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, move!" And so all like five of us like just jump off the cab like at cabin area and just like start running down towards the river. And we see it at the bottom. I immediately take off my pants and I jump in. And that water was cold. I bet it was like maybe like 50 you, degrees. You or know so. what's funny about the story? What is that, Marcus? Yes. The, uh, the, you know, Marcus, the guy you went on a bachelor, you know, the guy getting married, the guy Mm -hmm. getting married. Okay. There you go. What I'm trying to say. Uh, he did the almost exact same thing. He flew his drone into a river, the Keen river, which is in, uh, Alaska. Alaska. Mm -hmm. And he was, he jumped in. He said the water was colder than anything he could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he didn't get it back. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Um, don't fly I, it over water. Ironically, it's, <laughs> I've flown it over water so many times that it honestly, it was the wind that like really messed mm-hmm. me up. I, I should not have flown it in that much wind, but ironically enough, whenever we were about to take the picture and I started to fly it over the, uh, fly it over the, the water, he was like, ha ha, like, don't let it fall in the water. Oh, I was Mark, like, I, I was no, like, dude, I'm not going to let it fall in the water. No way Marks like, is, uh, Marks is, a. Uh, uh, personality. By the way, uh, for our listeners who don't know, so Wes and I work for Dallas Fire Department, and Marcus happens to be a uh, guy on our shift at our station. He's a very good friend of ours. We work with him yeah. every third day of our life mm-hmm. for the most part. And um, so, yeah, that sounds exactly like Marcus. So you were talking about the license for a drone? Yes, yeah, yeah. The so the license commercial. for a drone. That uh, I, I was taking the courses, and those courses, like that took me at least like, 20 to 40 hours to complete and these light uh, these pilots are doing like 700 hours or so like a lot more hours than that i it, went to get i was about to go take my test i didn't yep. I, I ended up not taking the test for the drone license because i wasn't confident enough uh but so I mean, I what don't happens have, what happens if you failed you should have to pay to uh, yeah it's another. like 125 dollars, 150 dollars each time you take the test so and what can you do with a drone license that you can't do right now I could go up to any business and I can confidently say, Hey, I can fly a drone taking pictures of your business or doing whatever you need me to do for a drone. And you can legally pay me for my services. So anything it's, else it's illegal. If I were to say, Hey Dan, you know what? Can you just take some cool pictures of me and whatever, you know, if you don't, and, and you know, with a drone, if you don't have a license, unless I say like, I cannot, technically say yeah i'll do it for you but for a hundred dollars i cannot do that really because because then you could go to the law and say hey this guy did not have his drone license and he charged me this amount for this and the quality of it was terrible like if if he doesn't even have his drone license exactly so like you can you can do something like that so it's just you know something to keep you in regulation and keep you like i guess as someone who does have a drone license like it's it's it makes you valid it makes you uh, yep interesting so, so yeah that was my uh that was my bachelor trip it it started saw, with us flying a plane in safely and a drone falling out of the sky unsafely now i did see a couple of pictures mm-hmm. from it uh tell me about the pumpkin in the oven yeah so we actually had a chef um, that was, um, that's part of the, the group that we went with. He's been really good friends with us ever since high school. And he actually just loves cooking. So we had a budget of, you know, 16. 16- well, I would hope so. He's a chef. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a budget of like $1,600, uh, to feed 16 guys. And he went all out, man. Like at six in the morning on the day that I was going to hop in the plane, I was at Kroger with him and he had a list of like hundreds of different things Man, that we need to get. what a good friend. Yeah, so like he planned it very well. And one of the meals that he made was actually pork in pumpkin. We called it Pip, right? Pip. 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 Classic. 
And so essentially he uh, marinated the pork. Pork, pork, pin. Um, pork pin. And eventually <laughs> he put that pork inside the pumpkin and that pumpkin in the oven and let it just stay there for hours. And eventually we actually used the insides of the pumpkin and it wasn't for like anything sweet. The uh-huh. pumpkin tasted like the pumpkin bits, like, you know, the stuff that you claw out whenever you're yeah. carving a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Dude, it tasted so good. Really? It wasn't like sweet. And it was more uh, of like a, like a salty, savory kind of like, okay. uh, taste to it. Like mashed potatoes, but it was mashed pumpkin. It was of. like mashed pumpkin. Okay. I, Incredible. I you know, it's like, I, I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how close related to pumpkins, pumpkin pies for the most part, but <laughs> what? Well, I mean, th- aside from the sugar and all that stuff thrown into it, you know what I mean? It tastes yeah, one pump- way, but I get, I understand there's pumpkin and pumpkin pie. Oh, I get okay. it, but <laughs> no, I understand that. And I get just like, you know, all a lot right, of people don't right. know that there's actually carrots and carrot cake, you know what I mean? And there's gotcha. cheese and cheesecake. Gotcha. And there's, and there's blood and blood cake. But anyway, <laughs> but you know, they, the, the pumpkin pie, it's like, uh, aside from all that, I don't know if I could just, you know, Hey, you want to try some pumpkin? Try some pumpkin. You know, it's like a, a pumpkin is right, a, veg- a, it's a vegetable, a, right? I got a so fresh like, pumpkin. We yeah. carve some off. Yeah, you want you want some? And I, I I don't I don't know if I'd really appreciate the taste, but the way you make it sound is it that was, it oh. was it was tinged with the taste of pork, and that sounds yes. great. I oh, shouldn't be saying great. that as, as a Jew, but it, <laughs> you know, it was it was awesome. Like needless to say, he served it with a side of um, green beans that again didn't taste like sweet or like a typical green bean. Were Actually, the green beans in the pumpkin? I had some like no, they weren't. I, I don't think they were. They had some like sort of like almost ginger taste to it. Ginger, yeah. I love and, ginger. Oh man, it's so funny how now like bachelor parties aren't what bachelor parties used to be like in. I mean, shoot, like in the Hangover days, you know, like the movie The Hangover. You know, used to it was like bachelor party. Oh, we're going to Vegas. We're going to we're a party. We're going to lose our minds and cocaine and whatever. And now it's like, oh, we're going to a fishing resort. Man, it, I, it was great. I mean, that's like that's so like relaxing. Strippers and it's like, uh, stuff. Women now. The bachelorette capital of the U.S. is Nashville. Yeah. Really? It, and that's where, yeah, that's where Monica that's went. That's where Monica went. Yeah. There you go. I didn't even have a bachelor party. Oh, my gosh. D-Y-K. Really? Is that true? Yeah. I wonder we got, why. We got to throw you one. That was a... Uh, uh, wait. Are you talking about Nashville, and are you talking about my bachelor party? Uh, I was saying that we should throw you a bachelor party. Oh, no. I didn't even – it wasn't even like a – it wasn't even on my radar so much that it was like two – I'd been married for like two years, and we were talking about bachelor parties. And someone was like, hey, what would you do for your bachelor party? And that's when I re- – like, it was like two years later that I realized I didn't have a bachelor party. No, man, you don't need to have a bachelor party. But our thing was a little different as well, so we didn't have like – you, like, uh, you eloped. Kind of. Kind of. It was an open elopation. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what I kind of think of when I say someone eloped. Like elope yeah. to me, me, I don't, I guess maybe that's, I don't know if that's what the true definition is, but eloping means like a destination wedding pretty much. I don't, I know, that, I don't know if that's exactly what the word that, means, but. I'd always thought that eloping was that you ran off together and no one knew it. Oh, that's bad. That's well, not what I meant then. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's not bad, but because everybody no, we, knew yeah, we went, yeah, we went to, we went so to, you Hawaii. had a destination wedding. That's yeah. a better way to describe it. Yeah. yeah okay. We went to Hawaii and, that's right. and, uh, and got married there and we were planning it, you know, she was like, she goes, well, how many people are we going to invite? I said, okay, we each get to invite one person. <laughs> wow. And, and she was like, she goes, oh, okay. And I go, and I'm inviting you. Oh, and oh that was just a way of God. that was just a way of saying like nobody else is coming. Like nice. it was, it was, so, not even a, parents or anything. No, no that was no so sweet. Came. I have diabetes now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no parents came. It was like at the ceremony. It was me and her, the um, the guy that uh, owned the wedding planning company, and he was also like the photographer, and and um, you know he like did her hair. He had her bouquet and everything and then the the preacher that was there and got married on the beach and it literally took us that's what we tell everybody that's the way to do it it took us 30 minutes to plan our wedding nice it was literally just clicking boxes what do you want your bouquet to look like here's the 10 options click which beach do you want to get on here's the five options click it Boom. was incredibly easy you know um kind of being that being said i just i want to talk about like the dynamic of this right now you've uh, of our group that uh-huh. we have. Like, mm. you have been married for how long now? Seven years. Seven years. You are currently dating. Yeah. 
And, yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. And uh, I Rub am, it in. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm currently single, um, but I do finally have uh, a date coming up. Oh. Yeah, for the first time in like a while. Oh my yes. gosh! Tell yeah. us about it. Yeah. Big, so big date and Dan. Uh, possibly, possibly. I'm I'm back on the market, uh, ladies. Not not <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, just ladies. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Are you uh, you super excited about it? Or what? I I am. That's why I'm talking about it. Okay, like, great. I'm just like, hey, like so, let's let's so, do this. So what's the what's the plan? We just go on classic dinner dinner and a movie or? Well, 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 hold, think, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Dan, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. I'll, I'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, Dan, the, what are we doing? Classic dinner and a movie? The The plan is to uh, go to Cidercade, which is um, for anyone that's Fantastic not, place. not in the DFW area. Cidercade is uh, part of Bishop Cider, which is uh, a brewing company over here that does, uh, uh, does apple cider, which obviously we all know is uh, fermented apples. Um, you should know now. I, yeah. we, you should know now. And... So we are going to go there, and that's my first time I'm going to go to Cidercade. Never been before. But, but uh, that place It's has an like, arcade. Yeah, it's, it's, got, it, it's a lot arcade. of... Yeah, the arcade, classic arcade games. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking NBA Jam. We're talking Centipede. We're talking Tempest. I mean, it, it's a great place. Where did you uh, Where did you meet this this lucky gal? Mutual friends. Oh, Mutual great. friends, yeah. Hey, so, you know what? So you know, Marcus met stuff. Monica mutual friends. Mutual... Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to look pretty I good. Met, I met my wife on Mutual Friends. I mean, it, it's really honestly a mutualfriends.com. recipe. Mutualfriends.com. No. <laughs> it's yeah. a recipe for the opposite of disaster, which would be a disaster. It's, <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. You got to tell us how it is. I am like super excited about it. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, not making any promises or anything like that. It's just I'm ready to kind of get out there and just. Show the world what Dan has the offer to offer. Dan, I think you're a fantastic guy, um, and and great. and a woman would be would be so lucky. Okay, <laughs> so um, so why did you lose my mind? Lose your mind when I said dinner in a movie? Okay, so uh, real quick because we're running out of time. Um, okay, dinner in the movie is fine. Okay, I I, I kind of jumped the jumped the gun, jumped the shark. We'll have to figure out where that term comes from. Dyk, uh, because to me. Um, dinner and then I'm all about the two part dates. Okay. Two parts. You do this and then you do that. Okay. Yeah. You do this. One, and you do two. That. Got it. One, two. Got it. Two part dates. Go. One and two. Continue. One, two, punch. One, two okay. Punch. All right. So, um, but a lot of people are like, Hey, you want to go, you want to go to a movie? A movie is might be actually a matter of fact, you know what? It doesn't even matter if it's a two part date. A movie is a bad, is a bad first the date. The worst. First it's date. a bad first date. Absolutely. Because, uh, hey, I, I just met you. I want to get to know you. Why don't we sit in a dark room for for an hour and a half and, and not say not anything to us, <laughs> yeah. to each other at all? Completely you know, agree. It's a awful first date. Uh, dinner and then moving on to something else like dessert or dinner, a walk in the park, whatever. But a movie to start off with just doesn't make sense. So if the, girl came to me you, if the girl came to you and said, hey, let's go to dinner and a movie. I really love going to the movies. You'd be like, no. No, that's different. <laughs> because she suggested it. If that, if she's, let's say, she's oh a, no, then I'm all in. Let's say she's a huge movie buff. She's like the female version of Wes or something like no, oh, you know, and then yeah. she, you know, she. I know, like her already. I know it all. So she, she <laughs> used, she, uh, you know, it, that, that's fine if she wants to do that. Maybe it's a movie she wants to see, but I would never suggest it. You know, as as a uh, as a. Um, well, hey, I've been out of the dating game for like twelve years. Get off me. Yeah, no, I get it. So. <laughs> Um, but anyway, but yeah, so who wants to uh, sign us off? Well, actually, so we're going to talk about, since we don't necessarily have a budget that, uh, our budget people have not increased. We are in adding that Instagram account uh, mm-hmm. account. I do want to talk about just the quick analytics of where DYK is just oh, okay. because I love to keep you guys informed about how we're doing. So here we go. So, uh, as of right now with the, the three different, uh, uh, types of episodes that we have out, including the trailer and the two episodes, we have a total of 188 plays. And that is that is to say that the third episode at this moment in time, as in this is episode four, yes. episode three at this time has not come out. No, but it, it, oh my God. it will come it's out like, and we'll have more plays. We're it's in like the, time manipulation. Yeah. It's pretty crazy because we're doing all this like yeah. uh, about a week in advance. So, yeah. you know, that's why we can't really talk about current events or anything like that as well, just because time changes. Right. Uh, but anyways, a couple of our listeners are from 92% is from the United States. 
Uh, good job, United States. Great. 6% from Germany, less than 1% from Mexico, and less than 1% from Japan. Our We've got platforms, some serious German uh, yeah, when, yeah, when you asked uh, where, the, where kindergarten comes from, they're all like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, to top it off, uh, Spotify is uh, cranking it out with 33% of our listeners on their Apple Podcasts at 30%, and other is at 37%. So that's other. all the other all the other platforms. All the other crazy ones like we haven't our, heard of. Our demographic, yeah. uh, a high majority is between 23 and 27 years old, about 67%. Uh, in second place, 28 to 34-year-old. That's you guys, right? Are you 27 or 28? I am now 28. Okay, yeah. So you're in that, buddy. Um, and then also 35 to 44 year olds is 5%. And then we also have some 18 to 22 year olds. That's 5% as well. So guys, we're all around the board here, but, um, one of you guys sign us off now that we're done with the budget slash analytics. I'm changing that to budget slash analytics. Quick Rochambeau ready on shoot one. And thanks for joining in (laughs) and uh, we'll see you next week.